Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right, I got to give a shout out to my patrons. Can we get Cody, Mr. Crab, can we get a little little sexy music under here? Maybe some <laughs> some revenue free <laughs> royalty-free porno music. (laughs) Anyway, I want to send a shout out to our latest joiners. We have Townie, Brittany, Minnow, and Blossom, who have recently joined us on the peeper level. We have Joanna, J-Star, Anna, Amy, James, Marshall. We have Hadir, Copley, Wood, Scott J, Marty, Meg, JP, Eric, Killer B, 1973, Sarah, Esther, The Adipositivity Project, Andrea, DK, and Stephanie. I need to give an extra special shout out to Elizabeth Scott, who is one of my fly peeps and the latest addition to the family coming in in the champagne. I mean, I mean, sparkling water room since we are a sober podcast healthy life healthy life you have just essentially paid for like one and a half fucking podcast episodes so uh yeah you're awesome thank you so much for joining us and if you would like to be a patron and get a shout out and more importantly help to offset and defray the costs of producing this podcast please check me out on my patreon link love you This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. And here we are on the All That Emo podcast with my very special guest today, Georg Friedrich Haas, Bulgo the Spasmaster. <laughs> this is our second attempt to record this podcast because on the last attempt... Someone was a peepee head. Yes, guess who? <laughs> Every time you like think you're trying to be clever, you are just mean, uh, which I find super fascinating because you're organically normally a charming and thoughtful off the cuff speaker, but then sometimes you just get into this like peepee head mode. Yes, it's necessary sometimes. It's not necessary. It's fun. It's, you know what? This is what the problem is. It's not fun for me. For me, it's fun. It's fun for you to be a peepee head. Of course. <sighs> but I have promised the second time I retired, I will not be a peepee head. <laughs> and so far, I have... I have <laughs> yes. We have a minute and a half of him not being a sarcastic jerk. <laughs> Thank you, Professor. But frankly, there is no reason to be sarcastic. 
It's just a wonderful place where we are. We're now in Prague, which is incredibly beautiful and a city that both of us very much love and appreciate. Um, <laughs> the past week, though, has been a bit of a trial. So uh, when we got to Europe, we were in Vienna very briefly. But while we were there, we were just meeting after meeting, jumping on the train and going to visit friends outside of Vienna. And going then to the dentist going to the Budapest. dentist in Budapest where that became a problem because we were supposed to have everything ready the day before we left for Georg's nature retreat. And then that didn't happen, so we had to rearrange everything, and it was just, it was a bit of a pain in the ass. And then leaving, we had to book an extra night in a local hotel because we need to get the dental stuff done. And then that morning we're scrambling to get the train and forget our collar behind, which disappeared. Disappeared. It was lost. And I was like, it's not lost. It was sitting on the bedside table. <laughs> and, um, and they were like, yeah, no one found it. I was like, you didn't even know what that fucking is. But anyway, so that was a drag. And then we had to get to this cabin in the woods in the Czech countryside. Which was, the nature was great. Which was 100% so that the Spassmeister could have the nature that he loves. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing with Airbnb. You are trusting that the... Images that are portrayed to you adequately reflect the space. And generally that's true. I mean, I have an eye for it now. Like you can tell when people are using the filter to make it look extra new and shiny. And, and But there's not so much you can do. Basically, you're like, okay, fine. This is what the place is. And when I looked at the photos, I was like, well, this looks very much like an old school Just an old, lovely old house. Nice little old house, right? A little cabin. Most importantly, it's in the woods. It's isolated. And there were plenty of places for Georg to go and walk in the woods where I would feel not anxious about him wandering off somewhere. And that was fine. And in the listing, it does explain that the track to the house down the hill in the local village is very rough. Yeah. we asked to be driven with a jeep. Right. They were like, if you need to have this, if you can't do the mile-long hike up the mountain with your stuff, then you can pay extra to have a jeep take you up there or a four-wheel drive vehicle of some sort, right? Great, fine. And when we were on our way there, they had, the guy, Jan, had said, well, you know, I'm having a bit of a hard time finding someone, but we can do it. It'll be okay. I'm like, great, fine. Then we had to change the plans and then he had to, you know, look for someone else. And I'm thinking, you're basically asking someone to take an hour out of their lives and you're paying them handsomely to do so, to drive up the hill. And we had been quoted originally a price and it was probably about $50. And then it was like, well, this other guy can do it, but it's going to be like, I think he was saying something like 4,000 kroner, 6,000 kroner, which yeah. was like 180 bucks. Yeah, 180 Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that's, I felt like we were getting ripped off. And the thing is, at this point, there's not much you can do. And you have to sort of go into a Zen state and say, look, we're paying almost nothing for the rental. We're just going to blend all this into the price of the rental. Not a problem, right? So uh, we get there and the guy comes and picks us up, drives us to this very small sort of a village. It's more like a collection of houses where we get out, transfer our stuff to a truck and then drive up this hill, um, this mountain. And I, in the truck right on the way there, was like, terrified not because it was certainly so dangerous but the track was so rough and you're being thrown around so strongly like and this is what I was trying to tell you it's not that I was necessarily afraid it's that your body is in a very traumatized place where it's being thrown around 
Well, and also the Jeep driver was very professional and he could do it. Yeah. A not so professional driver would not even be able to go up the streets on the Jeep. Yeah. So that part was fine. And then we get to the house and I'm looking around. And the thing is, I finally figured this out. It's not so much that the pictures themselves were wrong. It was something else. And I kept, because I kept looking at the pictures and saying, well, this is what was in the photo, but I don't remember feeling so closed in and unhappy. And like, I just, I couldn't figure it out. And then I'm looking at the photos again. And while we were chatting with the guy who's showing us around, I was like, okay, fine. But you know, whatever, whatever. And I go upstairs after he's gone. And I realize that the whole bathroom suite with a beautiful little clawfoot bathtub that had been the reason that I had finally said yes to this place was nowhere to be found. I, I Initially, I was like, I don't see it down here. It's got to be upstairs. It's got to be the upstairs bathroom. There was no upstairs bathroom. Upstairs, there were two bedrooms with four small children's beds in there. And then a larger bed that was sort of in the vestibule, the top of the stairs between the two bedrooms. But larger bed is also not absolutely true. It was much smaller than a queen size. Yeah. It much was, smaller than a queen Yeah, size. it was probably like a double bed. Yeah. yeah. And so now I'm sort of stressed. And I wrote to the guy. I was like, hey, so in the pictures on the listing, there was this bathtub. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Those photos were from an old renovation. And I was like, well, that's deceptive. You know, and he was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, okay, but... Mm, all right. Well, that's a matter for Airbnb. But for the next few days we were there, I just, I couldn't, like... Yeah, it was full, this house, with extremely kitschy... And weird. Re- and weird religious pictures. And it was also obvious that uh, this religion was not important for him, because there was a, f- a, a reproduction of the Last Supper, and he just put a cab of cards and the yeah, like so, like you know, like how on a picture frame you'll start sticking little notes and shit, and mm-hmm. yeah, the feeling I really got was that like someone's check great grandmother passed away, yeah. and then he's like, great, now we're going to make it an Airbnb, yeah. and everything was full. It is had the manic, the manic passion to stuff things at any place. And here's the thing: I understand that because I have a similar aesthetic. I do like to have my little knickknacks and my little crap around. And if someone people walk into our house, they see like my statue, our wedding shoes, little Steven Universe figurines, or whatever else. Yeah, but this, we don't sell it as an Airbnb. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> And for me, the really horrible thing was, I came here to compose in this beautiful nature. The nature was really amazing. But I got more and more distracted and had the feeling that the depressive atmosphere of the owner, who is a really unhappy, lonely old man, and uh, this depressive atmosphere creeped over me. And at the very end, I, I lost a week of my life there. Yeah, we actually just left the day early because even though I was trying to sort of smile through it, it wasn't working at all for Georg. And this is what I told him is as long as you are able to work and this this you are fed by the nature of whatever else, then I can just get through it. I can do anything for a week. It wasn't so horrible that, you know, whatever. And then when we were leaving, 
I said, please, Tagayoko, because, oh, sorry, because when we were departing, he was unable to find that the guy who had the four-wheel drive was not available. So we had to ride, I had to, each of us had to individually ride in the bitch seat behind Homeboy down this insane mountain with our luggage in a pole tractor behind us, you know, being taken off the mountain. And I went first and I asked Georg to take some more pictures of the place just so we had a record of it so I could, you know, make sure that Airbnb knew that we were not lying. There was no additional bathroom that was on the listing. And then when I was looking at the pictures that we took, I said, you know what? This is what was on the Airbnb photos, more or less. Like it wasn't, it wasn't so much off that I could point to it and say, here, Airbnb, look at how much worse it is in the pictures. And I finally realized what the problem with the place was, was spiritual. Mm -hmm. And you can't capture that in a photograph. Yes. I think this is also generally you know, for the future for me personally a problem because I need nature for my work but I had have made several times in Europe the experience that this let's say spiritual aspect was a huge disappointment yeah and my decision for next year is we again will take an RV and travel with this RV to the beautiful United States where I have more nature and more untouched nature and I stay always in the same house <laughs> and, I get, and, I, and I remember when the last time I did our RV trip I really could work well in this RV yes much, you did much better than in this amazing isolated nature in Czech Republic with this apartment this house stuffed with holy goats and holy ghosts and Jesus <laughs> and Marys and uh, uh, yeah and you felt this creepy horrible sad atmosphere at any moment yeah yeah and that was the problem that was the problem yeah and this can happen everywhere true true there have been places that I have stayed where I've just said I cannot wait to leave <laughs> <laughs> And the most interesting thing, also the apartment in Budapest was not really good emotionally for me. Really? Yeah. The best place we had. I really was, liked that apartment. Yeah, I was happy that we left. But and I could not work there. But there was one place where I could work. This was this bad, cheap hotel where they stole our... <laughs> <laughs> and this night, in the bed lying, I made the plan for the whole piece. <laughs> But the hotel itself was fine. Well, then it was fine. And this is the thing, and I will still ring the bell for people doing touristy shit in Budapest. Yeah. Because you can get clean, safe places for almost nothing. Yeah. We stayed in this little, basically an efficiency studio, I mm -hmm. will say. Mm -hmm. With a full kitchen. With an actual kitchen and all of that. And it was something like $65. And the rooms actually went down to like $20, $25 for these little... It's basically just a bed in a room, but it's clean and it's safe. Yep. And it's a very, like the most expensive, fanciest rooms in Budapest or maybe like five or $600 where you would spend three or $4,000 for the same room in, in, New, in, York. in, in New York, in, yep. in the U.S., right? Yep. So thumbs up for them. And uh, yeah, but the first landing here was a bit rough. I feel like we came in a little bit rough. Absolutely. <laughs> But I also feel like now, and I don't think it's an accident, that now that we are in a place where we are doing our work 
and where we have other artistic people around and people who love and respect what you're doing. That's very important. And also the history. We are in the hotel. We have a wonderful look on one side. We see the main place of Prague. On the other side, we see the Kratzin and the Karls Bridge. The what? The Charles Bridge. You said something before. The Kratzin. The what? Kratzin. The castle. Kratzin? And in this hotel, Mozart has lived and he has composed here. Well, do we know which room he was in? Definitely not ours. Because... <laughs> Because he would have had a shittier room? Uh, no, because <laughs> the room in which we are here now was a shitty room during that time. Really? Because yeah, we are now on the highest floor, and if you have no elevator, the highest floor is not very comfortable. Oh, that's interesting, and, because all the bigger suites are on the upstairs part. Yeah, one first floor, second floor. And upstairs, uh, and also, uh, we are just in the... Under the roof, and not only Mozart, but also Giacomo Casanova was here in this hotel, and he also wrote on his memoirs here. And it's a great uh, feeling to sit in a place where so much really great history happened, and that's that's wonderful. And now more great history is happening because Mr. Professor Haas is here. Yes. So the cool thing, so we get here and there were two folks from the festival who met us off of mm -hmm. the train mm -hmm. and then we got to walk through this huge train station. It was like a 10 minute walk from the platform yeah. to get to the car. Yeah. I was just like, how much, what the, where are we, eat? what the hell? It was a huge, it was like, mm -hmm. it was like Grand Central and Penn Station combined, the size of this fucking place. Mm -hmm. But I immediately knew instantly that we were like in the hands of greatness when exactly. when the festival SUV is waiting on the curb to pick us up. And it's totally illegally parked. It's flagrantly in a place where you're not supposed to put cars. But clearly because they have the pass, they are allowed to park where they want. Right. Yep, yep. And I'm like, ooh, we're super fancy. And then we're handed these little like tote bags. And I look at it and in this beautiful, groovy font and this incredible cool layout it's like Eric Friedrich and spring festival and I'm like oh my god he has merch with his name on it and he's going to be totally insufferable and we're laughing about it and we get to the hotel and the hotel is beautiful and the staff are lovely and we put our things down and we're figuring out what we're going to have for dinner and then I want to take a picture of the bag so I could post it on Facebook and as I'm looking at it I'm like what is this other there's another design element that's here It looks beautiful, but I can't figure out, oh my God, it's my name. So it's like woven into yeah. the design. It's like Gerd Friedrich and Molina. And I'm like, oh my God, and me. That's so beautiful. And it was so beautiful. I was already like, this is really cool. But then we found out. That this is like a tradition of it. And are, we are not the first couple which is named in this way. Before this, this was Gustav and Alma. Who, is Gustav, who are the Mahlers. The Mahlers yeah. Yeah. It is Benjamin and Peter, which is Benjamin Britten and his, and his husband. And his husband. And because he, he could not marry, but they were right. together. And then Robert and Clara, this is Schumann. The Schumanns. Alfred and Irina, which is Schnittke. Yeah. And, it's, and just to be put in this history... This is two, as two aspects. One history is these great artists with their great partnerships. And the other history is Mozart and 
Casanova and Haas, these are some perverts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and famous perverts of history. I think that's the ideal place for me. <laughs> it's so what's what's really remarkable to me is that when we I remember when we first started doing collaborational talks mm-hmm. and your concern that people were just going to be like, oh, it's Haas dragging his wife into it. We've seen this before. And then what he said was, I cannot wait until they realize the truth. Right. And this has always been something that I think you had your first moment of realization when we were in Vienna and Hyena premiered. Yeah, this premiere was fascinating because I can read Austrian body language. <laughs> and before the performance, I saw on the faces, <laughs> Haas and his horrible wife, this will be a disaster. This is going to be some sort of like, they're just disaster. like, this is going to be a catastrophic yeah, humiliation, exactly, exactly. right? Everybody expected this. And then the opposite happened. And it was so funny to see even the disappointment and <laughs> Like, damn, damn, it was damn, good. Damn, this was really good. <laughs> but you know, you know, if you're listening and you are even half as petty as me, you have been that guy. You have been that person who's been like, shit, that was good. That was good. <laughs> and it's so universal, right? Like, this is the thing. Even if you're not a huge fan of contemporary music, even if you're not a fan of spoken word or storytelling, the combination really hit home for so many people. And your music is so emotional and is so beautifully tied to the story. And I feel like even if I wasn't saying anything and you'd listen to that piece, you would have an incredible emotional journey. I hope it's... Well, it is... I would just say it is... An artistic collaboration, which is based on art and on truth, and this and on boobs. Well, the boobs are more the secret source of inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) It is the worst kept secret. (laughs) And now we are here in Prague, and the sun is out, and the sky is clear, and I feel so much relief to be out from under that the energy of that place and also realizing and I think this is something that I need to have a consciousness of is when I'm finding places for us to live especially when we're spending so much time on the road is to sit and vibe right like there's sometimes that I just dismiss places I'm just like vibe 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 But the thing is that in this instance, my vibe on this is this is not my place. I don't find connection here. So maybe my vibology is not quite tuned to this, but I need to ask a better question. Is The better question is, is this a good place for us? Not, is this what Georg wants? Which is what I usually do. I would like to add something historical to Prague. When we speak about Budapest, Prague, Warsaw, and so on, we always have the feeling these are some Eastern European cities, and it's great, it's nice, but it's a little bit, no, it's Eastern Europe. But if we go back to history, Prague always has been a center of culture, 
And uh, it's very important. This is something which is almost 100% forgotten. Between World War I and World War II, Prague was one of the absolute centers of culture in the world. Czechoslovakia was the seventh richest country in the world. Mm. Culture, based on three different, at least three different traditions, the Czech tradition, the German tradition, and the Jewish tradition. This was so rich. And what happened here? A new art, a new music, a new theater. It was so great. And it is so sad that this was completely destroyed, first, of course, by the barbarism of the Nazis, but then the second strike against it was the communistic system, mm. who believed all these modernistic aspects to be a bourgeois relict, and they fought against it. And it's, I, partially I see it as a kind of my, of my message to remember this great historian. Today during the press conference there was an amazing moment when I spoke about two Czech composers which were very important for me, Anuis Haber and Leo Janacek. And then one of the journalists said, because, but I think there's a third one, which is Pavel Haas. And Pavel Haas was Jewish, he was murdered in the Holocaust. And he is an incredibly good and great composer. But he was murdered too early. And this is a. Well, I don't think there's ever a good time for murder. No, no, thank you. There was a performance in, in, in Los Angeles where the second string bullet of Pavel Haas and the second string bullet of Georg Friedrich Haas were combined together. And one critic said very beautiful about it there's no relationship between these two pieces. The only thing is, when Georg Friedrich Haas was in the age. When he composed his second string quartet, the same age Pavel Haas was murdered. Mm. And to memorize these people, to think on this great culture, this, which was just killed and destroyed, I think that's, that's important. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's a feeling today when in this press conference we spoke also about Czech history and about the culture which is in this place. I had the feeling that we all are conscious how humanity is continuing and is keeping the secrets of art and the quality of art and the energy of art from the past into the future. Hopefully. Definitely. (laughs) So this afternoon, yeah, we had like a press conference with a bunch of journalists. Mm. We had an interview for the... I guess for PR stuff for the festival mm. and then a brief interview with one of the local TV. Czech TV stations. So it was a bunch of stuff and it was really cool. And then we got to chat a bit with the people who were running the festival who were all so lovely. Just, it's such a good vibe. Definitely, it's a good vibe, yes. You know, and this is the thing that I appreciate is that overwhelmingly folks we have worked with have been so positive and so cheerful and so lovely in the past, what, eight and a half, eight and three quarters, eight and a half years, eight and a half years, right? Mm-hmm. That we have been, or I guess eight years we've been traveling together because the first, no, we started traveling immediately. Yeah, yeah. This is the overwhelming vibe is that people are just so into the work that you do, right? Like, this is the thing. You have to work in order to like get to hear your shit. And people are doing that work. It means that they care. It means that it's impactful, 
And I'm not a person who gives a shit about legacy. Like my total fanatophobia means that I'm just like, la, 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 la. Don't want to talk about a planet without me on it. <laughs> well, a planet without you would be horrible. It's a shitty planet. Shitty planet, absolutely. <laughs> But when I think about the fact that we are like woven into this continuation of artistic couples that work together and produce together, I, I'm kind of blown away by that. Because that's definitely not a path that I saw my life. Okay, that is actually not true. That is 100% bullshit. Because when I was dating Jack, I assumed that we would be like this power couple in like film and filmmaking and independent whatever. So that was something that I wanted in the same way that you mentioned that you really wanted to have that kind of collaborative relationship in addition to your romantic relationships in your life. But that never really gelled. But I also believe that in history, you are the, maybe the, no, I, believe, I don't know anyone else, you're the only woman who has been sung to as well in popular music and in the so-called serious avant-garde. <laughs> It's true. While Layla herself might have one of the best songs in rock and roll, she does not have as the counterpoint also, right? Oh. Yeah, the someone could write a dissertation on my influence on both blue-eyed soul as well as contemporary classical music. Although I know that you have a particular bias. Oh. <laughs> you said you were going to be a peepee head. Yeah. <laughs> it's not peepee head. It's just it's, it's it's just facts. A, it's a rational answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, thank you. <laughs> Tomorrow night we will see... Oh, no, wait. Tonight. What's happening tonight? Tonight is just rehearsals, right? Tonight is nothing. And then tomorrow is the concert. Mm. The first concert. What is tomorrow's concert? Concerto for percussion and mm. orchestra. And also a lot of ligeti, which is great. And tomorrow they will have a very fascinating thing. Mm. We will go to the Czech Museum of Musical Instruments. We will go back to the Czech like Museum of Musical in, yeah. Instruments. And here I am allowed to play on Alois Haber's quarter-tone piano, who constructed a grand piano, which is, you may imagine, two pianos in one instrument. Mm -hmm. and It's uh, like a double-decker keyboard. A, a double-decker keyboard, and they are tuned the quarter-tone apart, and you can play these quarter-tones from one keyboard out. And uh, this is a very special instrument. And Sadly, Gary, has not been practicing to get ready for it. Where shall I practice? Uh, at home. You can no, practice at I home. I don't have a quarter tone piano. Yeah, home. but you could have it retuned. Yeah, they do not help because they have, you need this special keyboard. He just won't play for me. I don't want to play for you, no. <sighs> because I play so badly. Yeah, but if you practice, then you would play better. No. And then I would be like super turned on. And then you would like that. And then I could drape myself across okay. the piano. Okay, okay, let's see. I will try it. I will practice for two weeks and watch how you, how you much you are turned on. Great. And then I will tell you whether I continue practicing or not. Wonderful. Bet. <laughs> I will gladly place my boobs on the edge of the piano if that helps you to practice. I promise. When she will hear me practicing, scales up and down and pitch repetitions and chords, she will beg, please, Georg, stop. 
Stop. Yes, please, please stop. stop so you can eat my butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as in such a good idea. <laughs> All right, Professor, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye. I have to do something now. Thank you. <laughs> Don't get excited. All right, thanks for listening, folks. Tune in next time when we will definitely not be talking about ass eating. <laughs> You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb, theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon. Mm-hmm.